All right, two TV sports, Tosh and Jerry podcast back. NFL week six, college football's chugging along amid some COVID cancellations, but we're gonna work work around those. The MLB World Series got a special guest today, and of course the locking up of the week at the end of this pod. Uh, and now we're gonna bring you guys a special guest, bring in David Ginsburg, friend of the pod, MLB correspondent. We sent him down to Texas and wanted the two TV sports audience to get a live take during game one of the World Series. That's right. Two TV sports has a correspondent at the World Series in Texas. Uh, this guy's in the stadium. David, how's the uh, how's the atmosphere down there in Texas? Honestly, it's pretty good. There's uh, there's obviously a lot more Dodger fans right now because it's game one. Were people at Texas Live before the game, or is that even open? Um, I'm going to Texas Live after the game. So after, oh, enjoy it, man! It's awesome. It's a great time there. Lose or or uh, even if they lose. Uh, sorry, repeat that. Even if they lose, even if even if they lose, even if they lose, I will go there. But if they win, I'm going to an underground Dallas poker game. So you also have game two tickets to this series, right? Yeah, I have game two and then possibly further than that, but for sure game two. David, is Kershaw going to get through the fifth inning or what? Is he going to choke again? I mean, here's the thing. He, he pitched the first inning pretty slowly. There's, uh, he, I think he walked uh, a guy or two, but I'm not scared of the Rays lineup. That's the thing. I think we, we face better lineups in the postseason. So I'm not really scared. I think he's going to go at least six, and uh, we're going to take this dub from them. They they can't they can't handle our pitching. They're a great pitching team, but they can't handle our pitching. It's going to be up to us as batters to handle them. I agree. I think this is about to be a pitcher's duel. I can see both guys going like six or seven. We'll see if Kershaw gets eaten up in the sixth inning again. That that would be uh, fun for me as a Giants fan to watch. I think this is Kershaw's statement game. I think this is where he proves he's not a fluke in the playoffs. Yeah, mark my words. After like 10 years of playoff disasters. Yes, mark my words. This is a hot take coming straight out of Arlington. Yeah, yeah, one, one, yeah, but one good performance, even in the World Series, doesn't erase those five, 10 years of just absolute blowups. No, no, here's the thing, guys. You don't understand. The pressure on Kershaw for the last 10 years has been extreme. He doesn't have to worry about that now. He doesn't have to pitch game six in relief or game seven in relief. He doesn't have to do that. He's focused on one thing and one thing only, his start. And he's going to murder it. He's going to crush it. He's going to pitch nine innings, shut out. We'll see about that. I mean, they were showing a clip where all the guys who've like the highest post or World Series ERAs, and it was like him and like a few other legends, but I didn't see Madison Bumgarner. Listen, I understand there. those stats, but he's on a different team these days. Mookie Best just got a hit. Uh, Chris Taylor just got a hit. Chris Taylor just got a hit. We're one on board, no outs. Let's go. This is the stuff of dreams right here. Dodgers fans have their hopes up right now after this big, uh, after that big uh, win over the Braves, come back three to one. But uh, yeah, we'll see how long that hope continues with Kershaw on the mound. I don't know, Gary. I don't know. If, I don't know. This is. I don't know if they're gonna pull this one out. Yeah, this is electric, David. How, how long do you have this series going? Dodgers and what? I would say five or six. Five or six. I think the Rays have some fight in them, but the Dodgers have too much depth. I, I mean, I wish I was four games so I can go to all four and see a sweep, but I don't think it's going to go four. I think it's going to go five or six, honestly. Take uh, Rays in seven. I think the Dodgers are going to 
Raisin, raisin seven, go fuck yourself. Fuck just said raisin seven. <laughs> I think the Dodgers are gonna Whoever go uh, you are, choke sir. again. So that's raisin seven is a joke. Gary, how about you? I got the Dodgers and six in this oh, series. I, I think they're gonna be overwhelming. And this year, no man, this year, listen, they've been in the World Series. I mean, I wonder why. I wonder why this Giants fan says raisin seven. I wonder why. Man, the Dodgers still haven't won yet, so uh, I wouldn't. I wonder why. I wonder much. why a Giants fan says <laughs> Raisin Seven. I wonder why. I haven't seen anything from the Dodgers to prove that they're gonna uh, not. Oh, you haven't seen them come back from three-one. Get out of here. It's true. The Braves, the Braves did blow a three-one yeah. lead. You know, it's well, rare to see. That but... just runs in the Atlanta yeah. sports uh, culture. They just continuously blow leads and make horrible mistakes and uh, i don't know i smell a hater on the other side of this phone <laughs> i am a dodger hater <laughs> at least i admit it but um all right david is uh is, is are the dodgers winning game one i mean I, I can't say no so i have to say yes i'm here i'm watching the game they have to win one yeah they have to win one and two i mean like honestly it's not favorable because we played a game seven a day later than the rays did so our pitching isn't where it should be compared to the Rays. Oh, so there's there's an excuse coming already for a potential game one loss. I hear that. What? You're making excuses well, already. I know it, but it's true. It's true. We pitched Bueller in game six. He's not ready for game one. It is what it is, but the Rays have an advantage. This game is going to be very key. I think whoever wins this game has a better chance to win the series. This is a very key game. I couldn't agree more. And the Rays actually did have to come from San Diego, though, so I think Dodgers at staying in Texas is, is an advantage for them. Yeah, Dodgers have an advantage playing in the stadium. That's why I think they take this game. Honestly, it's all, it's all up to Kershaw, man. It's all up to Kershaw. I think he's got the guts, though. Yeah, and when it's all up to Kershaw, it's generally gone uh, bad in the past. All right, well, this is a new day and a new year and a new stadium. Everything is new. Don't count Kershaw out. He's the man. All right, man. It's the end of the second. We're going to let you watch this game. We appreciate you giving us the uh, inside Dodgers scoop from the actual game. It's pretty cool, man. Uh, I just want to say some last words. Uh, fuck the Red Sox. Fuck the Giants. Go Dodgers. We got we got our championship out of with Mookie. Stupid so Astros fans bought tickets to this game because they're dumb and they're cheaters and they didn't win. So fuck the Astros. Fuck the Red Sox. Fuck the Giants. Go Dodgers. Peace out. Peace. All right. Thanks, David, for giving us all that update. Sounds pretty exciting down there. Uh, Tosh, let's get to some college football. We talked about the Bama-Georgia 2-3 matchup last week. Uh, we both thought that Bama was going to roll over Georgia. It wasn't going to be that close. Uh, so the first half, it was actually a pretty good game, pretty close. And in the second half, Bama holds Georgia to zero points. They didn't score in the second half. And Saban was back on the sidelines after the COVID scare. Uh, looked like it was a false positive, which I guess is good for him. Uh, but we were both right on Bama, so a uh, big win for us there. Yeah, Jerry, I told you that Stenson Bennett was a bum. Guys like damn near a walk-on quarterback trying to go against Bama. Like, how many times have we seen this in our lives where Bama <laughs> just rolls? Like, Matt Jones is good, whether or not he looks like Tua or Kyler Murray or whatever. That guy's a that guy's a solid quarterback. Like, Bama's got weapons on weapons for him. Like, Bama's legit. Uh, they're going to go to the playoff. Dude, their running back, Najee Harris, is unstoppable. Like, I know they had Derrick Henry uh, before, and he won the Heisman there. But And I know Trevor Lawrence is a huge favorite to win the Heisman, but honestly, I think Najee Harris is doing more for that team than Lawrence is for Clemson. Um, so I think he's just an absolute beast down there. And 
in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, no, Najee Harris, like, just watching him on the field, he looks like a man among boys. Like, no one's bringing him down. He's huge. And then they also have Jalen Waddell and Devonta Smith, who are both wide receivers who would have both been first-round picks last year, who are now back in, like, those guys combined with Saban, and then obviously, you know, their their defense is lined up with five stars all over the place, first-round picks. Like, Alabama's a team to beat in college football, in my opinion. I know Clemson's doing their thing, but uh, also looking at Alabama's schedule, they don't even play another ranked team um, until the SEC championship game, saying that they make it there. Like, they do have to play at LSU, but I, LSU... Yeah, but is so. not the team they were at all they're an absolute shell of themselves um so that's yeah it's not looking like the going to have any actual competition uh, before they get to that championship game but i did want to ask you Tasha, i know you got to take georgia just lost that number three ranking and and your not so favorite team notre dame is has ascended to number three in the country so i wanted to get your your opinion on on what you make of the irishman yeah so last week if you read the uh two tv sports week in spotlight jerry um I predicted that Notre Dame-Louisville game. Louisville is just a scrub team, not any good, um, not ranked. And Notre Dame put up 12 points and beat them by five. The week before, Notre Dame barely beat Florida State, who's also horrible, or, uh, also barely beat Duke this year. Like, how the hell is Notre Dame the third-ranked team in the country? Um, they're going to lose soon. They still have to play Clemson and UNC because they're playing the a- ACC schedule. Um, like Notre Dame is going to fall in the rankings. I don't know how they're ranked third. There's no way they should be that high. They haven't played anybody really to get that high. I think the main problem that the AP poll has is that the Big Ten hasn't started yet, and that's coming up soon, and the Pac-12 hasn't started yet. And so really, like, they just have to fill that spot for now because they can't justify keeping Georgia there, although they did take – they didn't stumble that far after that. Um, yeah, and, and one other thing about Notre Dame is, is that, uh, Jerry, they are – you know, if you look in the NFL, you know who two of the, you know, better rookies are, I would say, would be Chase Claypool um, and Cole Komet, who are tight, you know, both receiving options for Ian Book last year at quarterback. And both those guys are gone, and their offense is taking a big hit because of that. So I don't think their offense is going to be good enough to do it really anything as the number third ranked team. Yeah, they're definitely going to lose this season for sure. I mean, definitely against Clemson. I don't see them even having a shot on that one. Um, and then I think we mentioned that UNC is, I think they're more like in that Miami like position where they're pretty good against the not so great teams. But when it comes to like a top five, top six team, they can't overcome that last hurdle. Um, and so I think that the Notre Dame UNC game will be a pretty entertaining one for that highest of the second tier kind of teams. And if, if Notre Dame, um, only loses to Clemson um, twice because once in the regular season, once in the ACC championship. Like, I, to be honest, don't think that that's going to be good enough to get into the playoff, um, which is which is tough. But like, George, they've got to beat Clemson once to prove that they have a spot in the playoff. But um, what we're both pumped for, right, I guess, is the uh, Big Ten starting. That's going to add some like a little bit of drama into this season, right? Yeah, and then that's awesome. We've been waiting a month for this one. Uh, college football has been interesting, even with three conferences uh, playing. But now we get Ohio State's bid for that last or one of the last playoff spots. And so, you know, the official rankings don't come out until much later in November. Um, but it looks like Ohio State is the overwhelming favorite in the Big Ten. 
And so, as we know, in college football, anything can happen, and we're always looking for the upset. And so I hope they get upset and it shakes things up and maybe opens up our a little Pac-12 spot for, for our conference there. But Ohio State looks to be running away with that conference this season. Yeah, I think Ryan Day, their uh, coach, is doing a good job there. Um, one thing to keep an eye on, though, Jerry, is not this week, but next week. So actually on Halloween, we've got a big matchup. Number five, Ohio State, at number eight, Penn State. Uh, we're getting that early in the season. And so that, that's like a monumental game for both programs to show who's the team to beat in the Big Ten and who has the inside track to the playoff. I mean, you got to like Ohio State's chances in that game, but you never know if Penn State has their, has their stuff together this year. Like, that could be a tough game to win. So side question, what does uh, Michigan do? with John Harbaugh after, or Jim Harbaugh, excuse me, after, you know, losing to Ohio State again and never having beat them during his tenure at Michigan, you know, always losing the big game. That, that's a tough one because he has, you know, elevated that program and kept them consistently around nine and to ten wins. They just can't get over the hump. And, I mean, you've got you to gotta keep Harbaugh, but he's got to find a way to, like, get some guys in there who are going to beat Ohio State. Um, and we'll see how Ryan Day recruits over the next few years. It's still a lot of Urban Myers players, but uh, I think you got to keep Harbaugh, right? Uh, I mean, if you're in Michigan, yeah, he's an alum. Uh, his players obviously like him. It's and he, he does get some pretty decent recruits. It's just that you know we see Michigan lose two games every year, and then the two most important games to Michigan State if they have a pretty good team, or to Wisconsin, and then of course to Ohio State under Jim Harbaugh. And so. I don't see them, you know, changing their program drastically as long as Harbaugh's still there, but there doesn't seem to be a very clear replacement to actually improve that team. Um, yeah. But w- with Michigan coming back, they're taking on Minnesota, 18 versus 21. That should be, that should be a good opening game for them. Yeah, I think that, that's the best game this, uh, this week here. So keep your eyes on Michigan at Minnesota. Both teams were uh, pretty good last year. Minnesota just missed out on the uh, Rose Bowl. And, you know, I, it's hard to it's hard to know how these teams are going to be, but if I had to say, I kind of like PJ Fleck in Minnesota at home. I, I like what they've done this. Uh, you know, I like what PJ Fleck's done at Minnesota. I think he's a good coach. Uh, Tanner Morgan at quarterback, and so I think Minnesota might might get the win at home there. I mean, yeah, I would not be surprised if Michigan opens up with a loss on the road. It'd be pretty typical of their program to be excited about the season, and then one weekend they're pretty much a lost cause. Um, but anyways, yeah. speaking of being a little bit lost out there on the field, Tosh, I wanted to uh, poke fun of you a little bit in your Packers versus the Bucks. Uh, they went up 10 early. Rodgers was being his cocky self. I mean, it's earned, honestly. But uh, then 38 unanswers from Tampa Bay. What the hell, man? What happened there? Yeah, so I guess – the the game changed when when the uh, two interceptions happened. The first the first one was just a great play by the cornerback, resulted in the pick six, jumped the route, like made a reaching catch that you rarely see corners make. So uh, give him credit for that. I think his name's Jamel Dean. Uh, he's a good player. Tampa's B is good. And then the second one, it was just an obvious offsides that they didn't call. Then secondly, uh, questionable pass interference where Devontae got his, his arm hacked as the ball came in there. Tip, pick, not really Rogers' fault there. Uh, pick pretty much to a, to a touchdown. They got to like the three, 
And then after that, the Packers were just a little bit out of sorts on offense, couldn't get anything going. Uh, Brady made a few plays. You know, Brady, like I've said it on this pod, Brady's still good. Like, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And in the biggest games, like, he shines the brightest, man. Like, this one, you know, all week he'd been hearing when he had that flub against the Bears and lost to them on the road and didn't know what down it was. And the Packers were coming into town. They were the hottest team. And it was Rodgers versus Brady, and he doesn't buy into that. But you've seen the big games time and time again. His team shut up. And this is the Tampa Bay team that everybody was saying could make a Super Bowl run. If Tampa Bay limits their penalties, that's the biggest thing. They avoided the hundred plus yards of penalties they have week after week, and look what they could accomplish! Like it's it's insane. It's awesome. Yeah. So I think with that, the this this game was really Tampa didn't make any mistakes, no turnovers, no penalties. Um, got two pick sixes pretty much. I think these teams are closer than the game showed. Um, especially if this game is played up in in a uh, Lambeau Field in in January. Um. I think the Pat I would still give the Packers the edge in that matchup, but Tampa dominated this game. Like their defense is legit. Um, they're, yeah, they're I mean the Packers, the Packers are going to be there at the end. So to your point, like if they face off again, I expect it to be up in Lambeau. Yeah, um, the and, Packers. And, like this is one of those fluke games that they have like every year, and not just the Packers. Like a really good team goes on the road um, and just has a pretty shitty showing. And one thing too is that like the Packers. This is their the hardest game of their season was, you know, at Tampa Bay. And so like while it's not a good loss, like they're gonna lose you know, they're not gonna go sixteen and zero. Um and so this game's not, you know, a terrible loss for them. Um and I still think that, you know, they get Houston this week, then they get Minnesota and San Francisco, like they should get back on track here. So speaking of overrated, uh I wanted to throw in the Buffalo Bills here who I was all over this game. They took on the Chiefs, Monday night doubleheader, game one, rainy, bad weather in Buffalo. They, the Chiefs were my lock of the week last week. I told you Josh Allen's overhyped, which he clearly is. Casey goes in there. I thought they were going to win by 10 points. I'm pretty sure they won by nine points, so that was a little upsetting to not see it be a, a complete blowout. Um, but honestly, Tosh, I like Josh Allen as their quarterback going forward, but people are way too high on him. I mean, Stephon Diggs bails him out so many times. You see that throw in the right-hand corner of the end zone? The throw is basically out of bounds, and Stephon Diggs hit toes. He somehow inexplicably keeps his feet in bounds, and everyone's like, oh, what a great throw. What a great placement by Josh Allen. There's no way Josh Allen puts the ball there if he tries to, like, even five out of ten times, let alone, like, two out of ten times. He's so lucky to have Stephon Diggs there. Um, and, you know, Diggs is just showing how incredible of a talent he is. Yeah, uh, I've been a little bit higher on the Bills and Josh Allen than you. I mean, they've played two of the top teams in the NFL. Uh, against the Chiefs, I mean, it was a it was a good game. It wasn't a blowout. Um, if Allen makes a few more plays, they have a good shot. Like, the Bills, I definitely don't think, are in the upper tier of NFL teams. Like, um, And that's why I have them ranked eight in the 2DV Sports Top 25. Go check that out. Um, but the Bills are decent, and I think after the Patriots loss, um, they're the team to beat in that division. Uh, they look like a 10-6 and six team who's going to get a three or four seed and maybe win a first-round game, uh, game to me. Um, that's kind of how I mark the Bills. All right, so you brought up the Patriots, so now I have to go into this one a little bit. 
So no practicing for two weeks. We clearly saw the timing was off um, from the runs to the timing of the throws from Cam. Everything just looked like a couple seconds off. A little hitch in their get up, if you will. Um, and to give the Broncos credit, like, yeah, they came out and they played a decent game. It's not like Drew Locke with the world on fire. He went 10 for 24. He was under 50% completion. And so we didn't even give up a touchdown. Like, our defense that entire game played pretty decently. We just couldn't move the ball. Um, I expect that to be not – and then not to mention the offensive line, by the way, that is absolutely decimated between injuries with an ankle and COVID. I mean, there's just no continuity on our offense. So – Really tough game. Give credit to the Broncos, but you know if we played the Broncos again, I see that game going completely differently. Uh, but enough of my Pat talk. I just want to ask you about Casey adding Le'Veon Bell before we continue on here. And do you think that actually makes a difference for their title hopes going forward? Yeah. Well, before before you get away with um, skipping over my side of the Pat talk, um, now that you don't have Tom Brady, like. I, I think that there's just a bigger margin for error, and it's not going to be easy. Miami's good. Buffalo's good. You still have to play at the Rams, at Houston. Um, I don't. I think, like, the Pats are going to be on the edge of playoff contention, and uh, that's they've got to win some games. I'm going to keep an eye on that. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, real quick, I don't think he's going to be, like, that big of a factor. I mean, the more he has the ball, the less that Hill and Kelsey and Clyde Edwards have the ball. So while he is like an added piece um, onto that team, like I don't really think he is going to be that much of a difference maker. Um, yeah. So my take on this is that he does not move the me- needle for the Chiefs at all. They could win with any running back that they put into that offense. I mean, they won it last year with Damian Williams after the departure of Kareem Hunt. So I don't think it actually matters. I think it just takes touches away from Clyde, which I mean doesn't really matter if you're the Chiefs. You have two really good options. I think Le'Veon just didn't want to play for the Jets. I don't think he'll be that much of a headache for them uh, once they're in the building. But to another addition to a team, uh, Tua Tagovailoa taking over the starting job of the Dolphins. Uh, Was this the right move for them to make? I am going back and forth on this one. I think it is. Um, They've been watching Tua in practice. They watched him at Bama. the, the Dolphins have some weapons. They're in a spot to make a playoff run. I think it's going to be them in the path battling it out for a spot. Uh, if Tua is legit, he's going to give them that extra edge they didn't have with Fitzpatrick. What, Fitzpatrick, you know, makes some good plays. He also makes a lot of bad plays. And Tua could be legit. I mean, Herbert is looking really good. Burrow is looking uh, really good and well, yeah. Tua was supposed to go number one overall before his injury, and Joe Burrow had you know the season of all time with LSU. So it makes sense that they want to get him out there, especially after seeing Burrow play decently for the Bengals with zero line and Justin Herbert absolutely tearing it up in the league. Yeah, um, they, I just they, feel bad. I, they must think that Tua is better than Herbert. I mean, they drafted him over Herbert like a few months ago, so. If Tua is better than Herbert, like that's going to elevate their team. Sure, and I would take Tua over Herbert at the time of the draft as well. Um, like he was supposed to be the next top prospect coming out before the Burrow season. Um, but so I just feel bad for Fitzpatrick because he had that team playing pretty well. It was two twenty plus twenty point plus blowouts in consecutive weeks. The team seems to like him, but if you're the Dolphins and you like the guy 
you drafted to be the face of the franchise for the next 15 years, then yeah, I think time to do it is during the bye week where you have two weeks to prep. So I personally hope that Tua is terrible. As a Pats fan, I don't want to have to deal with him for the next decade. Um, but based on what I've seen watching him at Bama, he's going to be pretty good as long as they can protect him a little bit. Yeah, and, and uh, one thing on that too is who would have thought that after Tom Brady leaves, the Pats are going to have to deal with Trevor Lawrence at, at the Jets, Tua Tagovailoa uh, in the Dolphins, and Josh Allen with the Bills, three up-and-coming young well, quarterbacks who are going to well, be that's okay in that position. <laughs> well, that's okay because the Jets are going to screw up the pick and not take Trevor. It doesn't matter what the Jets do. I, I, um, I, even if the Jets do take Trevor, he's not going to be good. Whoever the Jets take is, I, is a wash. does not I matter. Thought, I thought you were going to say that's okay because you guys have Jared Stidham. <laughs> yeah, man. I wish. I think we might need a uh, another guy if we don't sign Cam, which I'm hoping we do sign Cam for a team-friendly deal for another three or four years. If we if we just get him a freaking line to help him out a little bit. Um, but moving on to the contenders, Tosh, are the Dolphins a contender or pretender with Tua under center? Okay, I'm going to say contender on this one just based off the fact that, yeah, they might not win the Super Bowl or whatever, but they're looking pretty good. Their defense is good. Two, I think, is legit. I'm going to call the Dolphins a contender. What about you? Me too, and here's why. We know what Ryan Fitzpatrick's ceiling is as a quarterback. It's usually first round of the playoff exit. You know, gives your team a playoff berth, but then throws two or three critical interceptions against a pretty decent defense. Um, the Dolphins are a contender now because the AFC East is open. And that division is up for grabs more or less so now that the Bills lost a couple games and the Patriots uh, haven't practiced. Um, and so if you're making that move to two, I think you can only help raise the Dolphins' ceiling. So they're a contender for me. Yeah. All right, Raiders. I say the Raiders are a contender as well. Not a big fan of their defense, but their offense looks pretty good. They just got a big win over the Chiefs. I'm going to say Raiders are a contender. So the Raiders are a pretender. They're not going to get the job done. I like the team they can be on offense with Henry Ruggs if he's able to stay healthy and be able to stretch the field with him and Waller. Um, Derek Carr's not as bad as people think he is, but I'm not really sold that he's the guy to put you over the top, and that defense really worries me. So pretender to me. All right, Jerry, now to your pass. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say pretenders on the pass. I don't think their offense has enough talent. Um, Line's not great. Receivers aren't great. Running backs aren't great. Quarterback is pretty good. Um, I mean, they have Bill, but I just don't think enough talent is on that team. Until we lose two games in one season to the Bills, we are absolutely a contender. We'll be there when it matters most, so don't sleep on my pats. All right. How about the Rammies in the, in the NFC? I'll say pretty tender. I don't think Jared Goff is legit. Uh, their defense is pretty good, but is. When you have Jared Goff as your quarterback, if he feels uncomfortable in any way, he's going to cost you the game. I'm saying Rams are a pretender. Totally agree with you. I feel really bad for Aaron Donald being stuck on that team, wasting his best years on the Rams. Jared Goff, don't trust him as much as I can throw him. So they are definitely a pretender. Another team, though, in the NFC, the Bears. What do you make of Nick Foles and their chances? You know, this is the probably the toughest one. I'm going to say the Bears are a contender. Uh, their defense is legit. Foles might make enough plays in two to three games in the playoffs to get them pretty far. Um, and, and I think Allen Robinson's a pretty good receiver. So I'm going to say the Bears are a contender. Maybe they have me fooled, but I'm also going to say they're a contender. I think that 
this Packers bears rivalry is back on this season. Um, and that defense is playing even better than people thought it would. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about their offense, but we've seen a bears defense be able to carry uh, the team before. So they're as of right now, they're a contender. Yeah. And lastly, the cards, Arizona Cardinals got a big win at Dallas. Uh, Kyler Murray's looking pretty good, but I'm going to call them a pretender Chandler Jones out for the year. I just not sold on their defense. Their offense looks dynamic at times, but when they play better defenses, they haven't done as well. So I'm going to say the cards are a pretender. I'm going to call them a contender because they're just so much fun to watch, regardless of the Cowboys game. Uh, with that offense, with DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, and I mean, I guess Kenyon Drake, if you get him involved in the offense. But besides that, what Kyler can just do with his legs, let alone his arm, they're so much fun to watch. I think they can make a big playoff push. Even without Chandler Jones, we've seen the emergence of Buda Baker, who's like the best safety in the league now. Um, and they are a really fun team, and I look forward to watching them every single week. So I have them contending. Cool. Um, let's talk about some of these games next week. The rankings that I'm going to say before the teams are brought to you by the uh, 2TV Sports Top 25. Go check that out on 2TVSports.com. Um, the number five Pittsburgh Steelers at the number two Tennessee Titans, Jerry. Big game in the AFC. What do you make of this one? Dude, this is the best game of the week in the two TV rankings. Like this one's going to be a really fun game. They're both coming in undefeated. Uh, and really this is going to be to see who takes control of the AFC at the halfway point of the season. The only thing that I'm worried about is a big Ben on the road. His home Rome splits are not good. He's a much better quarterback at home. Uh, even with all the receivers that he has and the loss of Devin Bush on the Steelers makes it that much easier for a guy like Derrick Henry to run all over the field. So I'm giving the slight edge to the Tennessee Titans, but this one's going to be, I think, a really, really close game that could be decided very late. Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, Big Ben on the road is a little bit scary for me. Uh, Tennessee losing Taylor Luan, um, left tackles big. And it's going to be interesting to see how Tennessee moves the ball against a really good defense. Um, and we'll be watching this. It's the best game of the weekend. Uh, how about number one, Seattle, at number 16, Arizona? Uh, big game for that NFC West. Let's see if Seattle is like a real legit, you know, favorite to win the Super Bowl or, or if they're just, you know, going to beat everyone by three points this year because their defense sucks. Right. So I just said that Arizona was a contender and to prove it, they're going to have to beat Seattle at some point during the season to really prove that they belong in the mix. And so we just saw the Cardinals put an ass whooping on the Cowboys. Um, and so it's really momentum now versus rest and Seattle's coming off that bye. and Russell Wilson uh, has been having a season for the ages uh, relative to even his great career. And so I expect Seattle to come out and win with the extra rest in the preparation especially after Arizona's high off that big victory, even though it was against the Cowboys. Uh, but this is, this is definitely a marquee matchup for the Cardinals to find out who they are. Totally. Um, big game for the Cardinals there. How about this is another really good one, Jerry. Like, I'm pumped for this game. Uh, number six, Tampa Bay at number 10, Las Vegas. Tom Brady goes to Vegas. Um, going be, gonna to be a fun one here. I think Tampa Bay... I, you know, they're favored by three. I give them the edge. Their defense looks really good. I don't know if the Raiders are going to be able to move the ball. Uh, the Raiders did have an extra week, though, to prepare with the bye. Um, Tampa Bay coming off, you know, um, a big game against Green Bay. We'll see if they let down. Um, but I, I think Tampa Bay is the better team here. My take is we know 
what the Raiders are. We know they have an explosive offense and a pretty terrible defense. And so to me, this game is more about Tampa Bay and whether they can stay consistently, you know, limiting the penalties and stay, you know, pretty good on offense and team we saw against the Packers, or do they take that step backwards after a big win and commit those penalties and lose a game they really should not be losing if they're looking to be a top team. So I could see this game going one of two ways, where the Raiders get out ahead and Tampa can just never get it back, or Tampa takes complete control. Um, and it's an absolute crapshoot for which one I think is yeah, going to happen. But it should be fun. Yeah, I think with this one, too, like with Bruce Arians as the coach, he doesn't seem like that much of a disciplined guy. Like his team makes a lot of mistakes. Like I could see this game going in in a way where Tampa just dominates and shows they're the better team and have the better players, or, like, they just make a bunch of mistakes, you know. And, and we're going to know pretty early on in the game which way it's going to go. Yeah. So it's it's just the mystery of not knowing before kickoff. But once this game kicks off by the end of the first quarter, I think we'll know where it's headed. Yeah, I agree. And, and uh, all right, Jerry, before you get started with our uh, lock and upset of the week, everyone should go to ttvsports.com, check out our latest articles and takes. A uh, bunch of good stuff up there. And, and also, if you haven't done so yet, hit that subscribe button. You'll get this pod in your feed. You don't have to remember to search it every week. Also, give us a rating. Let me, let me know. Let Jerry know what you think about our take, what you think about the pod, if you want any segments, you want us to talk more about certain things. Um, and now, let's get to our picks. Jerry, what is your lock of the week? The 49ers, next three games, the Patriots, Seahawks, and Packers. Oh, then, you know, their fourth game is the Saints. So have fun with that, Niners. I think it's going to be a really rough stretch for them, starting against my New England Patriots at home in Foxborough, coming off a pretty bad loss uh, to the Broncos. The spread is two. I like the Patriots to cover at home. Jimmy G, the kid, is coming back to New England. Uh, It's going to be him versus Bill Belichick. I mean, besides Kyle Shanahan, nobody knows this guy better than Bill. And so I think now that the Patriots are over the COVID hump and can actually practice and, you know, have some timing and continuity on offense, even with the injuries, I think they figure out a game plan to cover against the 49ers. Yeah, I can see why you picked this one, Jerry. I just would stay away from the Patriots until I know, um, you know, what exactly they are. But the Pats shouldn't lose back-to-back games at home, especially doing banged-up Niners team. Um, all right, getting to my lock of the week. You know, went 0 of 2 last week. Didn't have a great week. And so after I go 0 of 2, I know I can count on one team in the NFL to be completely incompetent and pathetic. And I'm going to bet against them. And you guys all know who I'm talking about. It's the New York Jets. The Jets are playing the Bills this week at home. The Bills are 13 and a half point favorite. Um, I feel like that's a lock too, but I'm not going to say that one. That one's a little too obvious. Um, I'm going to go with the good old over under here, 45 and a half. The Jets didn't score against the Dolphins. They scored 10 points against the uh, against the Cardinals. I don't think the Jets are going to be able to score against the Bills. It's still Joe Flacco. They haven't done anything to change how their offense is going to look. The only way that this doesn't hit is if the Bills put up more than 40 points, which is possible. But I don't think the Bills, you know, I don't think the Bills are going to be trying that hard later in the game. They're going to get rested up. I'm saying my lock of the week is under 45 and a half in the Bills-Jets game. 
Yeah, I like that. This AFC East matchup is garbage. The Bills are going to get a win after two straight losses. So I guess good for you, Buffalo. You can get excited again for the following week. Uh, but my upset of the week is another divisional matchup here. Uh, it's the Bengals of Cincinnati over the Cleveland Browns. And here's why, Tosh. Joe Burrow has looked fantastic, even with the bad offensive line. And Baker Mayfield, I'm not going to be one of those people that takes a shot at him. I'm just going to say... He's a little bit injured, has a rib injury, hasn't been slinging it as much as he has liked to been. They only put up three points against the Steelers. That's okay. The Bengals don't have a defense like the uh, Steelers do, but the Bengals do have an A.J. Green that just had a resurgence with Joe Burrow. Um, and so now that they're actually finding a little bit of chemistry with Tyler Boyd and now T. Higgins, uh, it could be a tough day for the Browns. So I like, I like the Bengals over the Browns at plus 150 this week. Yeah, I don't hate that. It was a close game last time. Um, and we'll see what we'll see how Baker looks. Uh, now getting to my upset of the week, I really struggled with this one this week. There weren't too many games that caught my eye. Um, I was thinking about Tennessee over Pittsburgh, but ended up staying away from that just because I think Pittsburgh might honestly be a better team. They have a better defense. Um, was thinking about another Pittsburgh in college football over Notre Dame. You guys all know how much I hate Notre Dame and how overrated they are. Um, but what I ended up landing on was the Detroit Lions, led by Matt Patricia, over Atlanta. Games in Atlanta, not that that really matters. They're in a dome. Uh, I think the Lions are the Lions are not a bad football team. Um, neither is Atlanta, but I think the, the Lions have more to play for in this game. Um, if they win, they're they're getting close to looking good for the playoffs. They're coming off a nice win against Jacksonville. They beat Arizona earlier this year on the road. Um, Stafford, I think, is better than than uh, Matt Ryan. I think their defense is a little bit better than um, Atlanta. And Atlanta's coming off a, a win. I don't know if they're going to win two in a row. So I'm going to say Detroit. They're getting two points. I'm staying up as my upset Detroit money line over Atlanta. Yeah, so I like that because Detroit was my sleeper team in our 2020 NFL preview. Go back and check out that pod. It was a good one. Uh, should be a fun sports weekend again uh, as we get deep into this football season. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully uh, we hit on these locks and upsets this week. Yeah, so uh, as always... You know, check out the QTVSports.com and be on the lookout for not so reaction, uh, Tuesday morning blitz, NFL Top 25, um, and everything we have on QTVSports.com. We'll keep you guys updated. Baseball, World Series, NFL, Week 7. And, uh, and yeah, stay tuned to uh, Tosh and Gary Pod coming out every Thursday. And, and for now, QTV Sports signing off tonight.